Hey everyone, my name's Abby and welcome to the Brown and Bougie podcast, where I'm keeping it raw, real and relatable. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Brown and Bougie podcast. So as you can see, I've got a very special guest from across the pond from Canada. It's my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Prathi, who is the face behind the Instagram page Robber Bride Reads. So I'm going to let her do her introduction as always, and then we can get into it. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Prathi. I am from Toronto, and I run a Instagram page like Abhi mentioned, and it's called Robber Bride Reads, where I actually document and curate books that I have really loved and enjoyed reading. Uh, with a particular focus actually on women of color. So it's this whole idea behind decolonizing your bookshelf, decolonizing your life, and really embracing our, I guess, more ethnic identities um, through reading different types of books by women of color in general. Great. It's really so, nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for being here. It's my pleasure, to be honest. So it's really interesting because I, I really wanted to focus on the women of color, people of color concept because. I think everyone reads and we read random books, whatever we can find, we've been reading since we were very, very small. But what kind of attracted you to think, you know, I've got to focus, like, you know, I feel like a lot of brown Asian people anyway need to focus on that kind of books because we didn't grow up with that, right? We grew up with, you know, Roald Dahl and all these like white authors, I guess. So, you know, where was the thought process behind it, starting the page and things like that? So I actually did, so eons ago, um, mm-hmm. a little older than you, um, <laughs> eons ago, I was in university and my my actual degree was English. So I read okay. a lot of books. So I focused okay. actually on British literature, ironically mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, British literature is very much a white space, a very white male space. Yeah. So at the time, I remember it was so it was hilarious. Anytime there was a woman author, I would be mm-hmm. so excited, thinking, yeah. okay, there's a new perspective. But what I was finding was that even the women authors I wasn't connecting with, there wasn't a perspective that was shared for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started, you know, looking out for books that were written by different authors of different ethnic backgrounds. Um, and half the time, I'd have to ask friends for recommendations. So these aren't books that are typically recommended or really part of the curriculum when you're in school. So I would, you know, search out classes that are like, you know, South Asian literature, East Asian literature, and just different types of um, places around the world. And that's how I would get my fix, basically through word of mouth. And then um, when I really, you know, when I graduated from university and I could actually start reading for pleasure again, it was it was a choice between reading what was popular, because obviously what's out is what kind of dictates what's popular so you know when yeah. books like on girl come out suddenly it's everyone's about thrillers with yeah. word girl the title right yeah it's like a hype yeah. it's like a hype isn't it yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. so it was kind of like reading what's popular but also my heart just lay in reading more intersectional types of stories and I think that's what um, I started thinking you know what it'd be really great to create a page or an archive of these types of books and what's mm-hmm. funny is growing up I would actually archive all the books I read every single book and I would give it a star rating out of 10. Wow. Right. And it was just a random thing that I did for years. So I literally have thousands of books that I've read Mm -hmm. a lot. Just Mm -hmm. um, now that I have a child is harder, but you know, before I would read constantly. So for me, it was, I had this huge archive of books. So for me, it's, I already have the content. So what I do is I kind of go through it and I write these mini reviews, put it on my page. And for me, it's about creating a go-to place where people can literally just say, okay, I want to read something new, something different pop on my page and there it is you know you have a list of books to choose from you just go to which one everyone really um 
interests yours sounds interesting to you. So just backtracking a little bit. Yeah. So after university, just reading um, for pleasure, that's when I realized I could kind of start choosing the type of books I wanted. So really yeah. colonizing my reads and not just yeah. reading such one-sided perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like a thing that I'm trying to do in my life where I'm trying to explore, you know, the culture I already come from, you know, like, mm-hmm. why do I not speak in Tamil more? Why do I not read books yeah. about Tamil people more? Like, it's weird. Like, it just, we become so in- assimilated that we forget mm-hmm. that we have this rich culture that we're just yeah. completely, like, not really taking use of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, I think I completely agree. I think growing up, even for, I'm, I'm not a reader at all, but I think yeah. even, you know, the books that you, you were forced to read at school, they were all of white authors. And I think the one time Noughts and Crosses by Mallory Backman. And I remember being like, whoa, this is so cool. Like, this is like about a black man. I, I just remember because it, all the other books were all about like slavery and black people. Like, you know, it was like that and stuff. So yeah, it, I, I think it's definitely changed now. And I think the younger generation, I think do have a lot more kind of choice in terms of what they want to read. They're a bit more like, what's the word? They're more like aware of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they sort of, you know, they just are like, okay, cool. There are things out there for them and stuff. You mentioned your daughter. Do you think things have changed in terms of like the way, obviously obviously we've talked about like it's changed how we were grow- growing up and whatever it is, but do you focus a lot more with her about like trying to read books of culture and like, you know, things like that? Is that something that you focus on or? Yeah. So my daughter's 18 months old. So she, she's a year and a half. So she's starting to now kind of really enjoy reading and, mm-hmm. you know, making sense of the world and putting pieces together. Yeah. Um, I'm real. So I consider myself an intersectional feminist, which means, you know, I'm I'm a feminist, but I take into account other intersectionalities that affect my identity. So my race, Mm -hmm. um, my cultural background, those things make my life a little harder than, you know, just a a white feminist, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my fight is not the same. Our fight is not the same as certain other feminist fights. Right. So for me, I, I wanted to be aware of our identity. So I actually drive 45 minutes out of my way to go to a a, like a brown doctor for her like I, I take these things very seriously I make sure she sees women of color in positions of power um positions where you know not well, I, want, I don't want to say positions of power but positions where positions of authority you know positions yeah. where they, they have a certain level of you know strength and um responsibility and I, I those things are important to me so kind of books with different backgrounds you know I love to read books with um all kinds of you know characters in them different abilities different races different body types mm-hmm. um and i want to normalize if i'm going to use a very trendy word now but i want to normalize mm-hmm. seeing all ethnicities right like mm-hmm. all ethnicities all sexualities all gen like just for me it's really important for to see everything as normal and not you know the way we did where it was like oh my god he's gay or oh my god like like he's biracial like it, it like I, I want it to be normalized for her that when she you know i don't want her to grow up in the world that we that we did essentially so yeah i do take these things very seriously and um I'm trying my best to make sure that she's exposed to as much as possible. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I think I think that's great because I think, again, we grew up with this is right, this is wrong. Yeah. That's how we grew up. But actually, you know, everyone's right in their own way and that's it's how you perceive it, right? Like, that completely makes sense. Um, so it's really interesting looking at your page. Um, let's talk about that a bit more. I think there's a really big, you talked about specifically women of color or people of color that's the authors that you go for but I've noticed that there's a really big range in the types of books that you read in terms of there's biographies on there there's I think you read Mindy Kaling's biography and then you know there's like loads and loads of different kind of a range so where does that sort of start in terms of choosing a book uh, for a week and even how long does it take you because you you post quite often and like how often it takes me like months to read a book sometimes like but I guess if you're so passionate about it it makes sense but 
Well, the thing is, because I've been archiving it for so long, these books are not books I've necessarily read recently, right? There is a mix of books okay, I've read recently, obviously. And these are books, the Mindy Kelly's book I read when it first came out, which was like, I guess like a decade ago at this yeah, point. Yeah, it was right? a long time so, yeah. One of them anyways. So I like to read across different genres because I think that, for example, when you think of books by people of color, it's usually just in historical fiction or it's just in mm-hmm. regular fiction, contemporary yeah. fiction. You know, yeah. when is the ne- you know, when have you ever found a book written by a Tamil author that's set in the fantasy world? Or like when have you read a read a book that's like got a Tamil Sherlock Holmes? You know what I mean? Like we don't mm-hmm. get those genres ever. Yeah, and up yeah. until recently, it's always been struggle stories. And it's funny, you brought up slavery earlier, like you know, the black struggle. Yeah. And all you know, any story that's about black people always touches on that, which is of course important because it was a huge part of their history and it, you know, yeah, it's a North American experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like it's nice to see black joy. It's nice to see brown joy. It's nice to see romantic comedies. And we're trying to see more of that. We're trying to see more of, you know, just, you know, two brown teenagers falling in love and their biggest struggle. Yes, their parents don't want them dating, but it's like, that's yeah. relatable to us. Yeah, in a way, gives, but yes. Like Everyone knows someone who's got yeah. through that experience, right? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's not so deep. And like, we deserve those stories. We deserve, I, I was making a joke to my friend the other day. I'm like, we deserve mediocrity at this point. We always have to be <laughs> fantastic. We have to be the Beyonce of the yeah. music world to be taken seriously. Why can't we yeah. just be mediocre? <laughs> Why yeah, can't we no, just exist? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously I want us to be great. I don't want, I don't wish mediocrity on anyone, but mm-hmm. it's just, I think we were so used to reading such heavy, you know, excellently written, amazing literature, but sometimes it's just nice to have a little light YA book or, you know, that's young adult fiction or, you know, just like poetry. And I think it's like, not that poetry is like, but you know what I mean? Something that's like a different yeah. type of genre. And I think my goal for myself is just to read across, you know, different genres. So memoirs, poetry, plays, just anything. And I think that it's, um, it's kind of impacts my reading experience too, depending on what I'm reading. So obviously when I read Michelle Obama's book, I was in that mindset to just be inspired and just really want to read someone, like read about someone who changes, you know, who, who's such a game changer, such a trailblazer. Yeah. But then on the flip side, you know, reading something that's more YA oriented, I think it's just, it's kind of like going back to your childhood and reading something a little lighter that's set in something, you know, set in school and it's just not as heavy, although it's still good. I think YA also gets such a bad rep, but it's improving quite a bit. And like the YA titles now are phenomenal. There's such a range. And I think there's such, and I think YA really picked up on that diversity thing first as well. So they have so many, you know, I see titles all the time with girls and, you know, wear hijabs, you know, people who are differently abled biracial couples and I think it's great because I think they're the ones that are picking up this diversity thing a lot more than adult fiction is to be honest so um I that, that, that's what it should be isn't it I think that's yeah. that's what young adults should be you know talking about and I think I've had this conversation with so many people that actually it starts from your roots it starts from your childhood and actually what is right and wrong and and you know normalizing what is not seen as right I guess if, if that yeah. makes sense but no that completely makes sense yeah so the one thing I wanted to ask was I've seen that um you know on your stories and stuff you've posted things about um, movies and Netflix documentaries and things like that um has there been any books that you've read um because I know I think was it A Mistress of Spice is that the one with Aisha yeah, Mistress of Spice. yeah so how did you find that because, you know, normally they say, like, even with the Harry Potter, everyone said, oh, you know, all the people who read the books were like, oh, the films are so bad. They missed yeah. out and they added this and whatever it is. Do yeah. you find that with the, the whole people of colour thing, does that change quite drastically for you? Or do you come out being like, no, they didn't do it justice? Or The thing is, reading a book and watching a movie or watching a TV show are two completely different mediums of storytelling. They both tell yeah, stories, but you have mm-hmm. different tools at your disposal, right? Mm-hmm. So 
for me, I felt the movie and the book were pretty much on par, Mistress of Spices. Um, okay. I felt like they were pretty much on par. I can understand why the Harry Potter universe doesn't necessarily think the movies match up with the books because there are seven books. Yeah. A lot. And they're big books. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I never um, got around to reading them. I just, I couldn't. Oh, I was no, like, I just going to watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the books are really, really great. It's unfortunate J.K. Rowling came up with those transphobic comments. But anyways, <laughs> um, the books are fantastic, right? And I, I think it's hard for a movie to match up. Maybe if they had made it a TV show and they had more time to explore. But then again, you have something like Game of Thrones that started off really strong and then they fizzled up near the end. Because yeah. I think sometimes pacing is also just as important, right? I mean, a book is a long-term a long-term investment. When I say that, it's like you have to sit down and you have to really you know, take time to read a book. Yeah. Whereas with a cheap movie, it just feels like it's over in, in an hour or two hours. And it's like, of course, you're going to cut things out, right? Like you can go in with the same expectations. But I think if you treat it for what it is, it's a different medium of storytelling. Some of the movies were good. Some of the movies not so great. So I think it's it's hit or miss. And it's it's, it's tough. It's a big story to tell. There's Yeah, it's pretty place. hard. In terms of storytelling, I think um, if you're a reader, you're probably going to prefer books anyways. I think that's just a bias you're going to have regardless. Yeah, I, I guess, don't. I guess, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, like, I'm definitely more of a movie person. So we can have this debate all day, because I'm, it's just, I'm more of a visual person. It's just how I learn. It's how I understand things, whatever. And yeah, I actually, like, sit, I've been trying to read a book for like four months now, and we've been in lockdown, I have nothing to do. And I still like, I'm struggling to read it. It's just not can something that goes something? in my head. Yeah. Are you reading this book because you think it's good? Or because you're genuinely enjoying it? <laughs> because I think it's that's what I'm saying. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. This is what I always tell people. People are like, oh, so you you have an English degree and you like read a lot. So you must read like literature. I'm like, girl, no. Like the other, like in December, at the end of the year, I read a YA book about the K-pop industry. Like, I was just like, this is what I want to read and I'm going to read it. Like, if my professor saw me, they would have like fainted. Like it was just, it was just like a childish, silly book. But for me, it's like, read what you want to read. If that, that book's not doing it for you, let it go. Yeah, it's just, I, I think growing up, just reading just never was my thing. Like my sister's like a proper bookworm. So she has a bookshelf of books. Like literally she sounds like you basically. But like for me, it's just reading was never, and I know my mum really forced me into reading. And because my mum forced me so much, I just began to dislike it. It was one of those weird situations. Do you know what I mean? So like now I'm like, I, I feel like I should get into reading rather than watch like Netflix series and stuff all day. So I was just trying to get myself into it. But I don't know, it's just, it's just not working for me. I shouldn't be saying this to you. You're like, no, 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 I get it. I've, there's books that I've just, I can't finish because I'm like, I really want to like it. People have recommended it to me and I'm like, okay. Like I haven't read Great Expectations. Anna, Karenina, I've tried a million times. I just can't get into it. And I don't want to get into it. Like, it's just sometimes just read what you want. I think it's like, try reading something that sounds interesting. Like if the blurb doesn't sound interesting to you, don't read it. Like, it's okay to judge a book by its cover, I think. Yeah. Well, no, right? that's why I was, I was, yeah, literally, I think that's what it is. And I was going to literally ask you about it. Like, when you choose a book, mm-hmm. right? So if I was going go to go to a store, obviously now we have Kindles and everyone does ebooks and things like that. What What is the first thing that you look at when you're looking at a book? Do you look at the cover? Do you look, do you flick a couple of pages and read a page? I don't know. What, what What's the thought process when you're going to buy a book? So typically, this is going to sound so crazy, but when I go shopping for books, there's in either one of two different states of mind. Okay, number one, I know a book I want to buy. I will go in, I will grab it, and I'll just walk around and just peruse. And I've already had, the, I already have the book in my hand, so I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of just going in to just peruse. I kind of, I do look at covers. It's hard not to, right? Obviously, it's the first visual yes. impact you get. Um, yeah. I care very much about the blurb, and I care very much about 
again, I think diversity just impacts everything I think about. So for me, if yeah. it's just another story with another white protagonist couple, it's just, it doesn't interest me as much as a story with, you know, a more diverse yeah, it's sort of like been there done. It's like a been there done that. Yeah, kind of. You know, yeah. that's the thing. Is uh, what's the point in doing picking exactly. up the same thing? Basically, hundred percent. It's like decol. The, the whole idea of decolonizing your life is you want like it, it's not. And then I don't just need to read Tamil authors because you know I am Tamil, so I don't need to just read about me. Like I love reading about. Um, I've really been getting into um like Nigerian literature, like anything that's set in Africa. Like for me, it's just I kind of just bounce around and I love learning about different customs it just makes me feel like i can connect with people like that are not culturally the same as me but we have similarities yeah um, and, and i don't know if you're on tiktok but recently the whole um trend of fufu i don't know if i'm saying it right yeah. but you know the, yeah the, 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 it looks so good and i want to try it for like we're gonna try it um so it's a it's you know it's a west african staple and it's funny to me because they eat with their hands right and i'm like that's exactly what we do ดิเนี่ยถ้าสวีดีนะใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่ใช่
uh, really interesting and stuff because I think that sometimes you can tell like oh it's not as strong as the thing from the rating but is there like a top three that you would recommend like top three books of all time that someone should read there's the one book that I do recommend when people ask you know what's a good book for Tamil people to read the one that I do recommend a lot is The Boat People by Sharon Bala okay that one is set in Canada it's set in Sri Lanka a little bit and it's it's I, it, it, it is on my page um it's called The Boat People by Sharon Bala I don't know if I said that clearly but mm-hmm. um that's a really good one oh you know what we're talking about YA earlier one I would suggest is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas so okay. that actually came out as a movie I don't know if you remember Mm-hmm. Um, with Amanda, I think her last name is Steinberg, Steinberg. Okay. I believe it was her. Anyways, it was, it, it's a really good book and it's a good movie. So it's one of those okay. things you can read the I'm book. A, I'm a, yeah, I might take you up on that. Yeah, I might take you up on that. And they're both equally amazing. And The Hate You Give, you know, I think you would actually love The Hate You Give. I think it's, it's cause it's a YA book. Okay. So it's a little bit more accessible. So I think YA yeah. book, the only difference is that they're just a little bit more accessible. They're not so highfalutin sometimes. And I like, yeah. it, it's not as my opinion it's not as pretentious right i think it's just mm. they're really well written strong stories yeah for the most part and i think um the hate you give would be good um and in terms of another great book would be dominicana by angie cruz i don't know if these are necessarily my top three but right now those are the three that are popping up in my head yeah dominicana by angie cruz is a is a it's a very strong um immigrant story and i think that's something that i related to so it's you know a, a child bride actually comes over to new york from dominicana and goes through this experience of like culture shock and just having to like assimilate which is something I think we can all relate to yeah of course yeah. or our parents can definitely relate to right mm-hmm. um and I think it, it, it stuck with me because the writing is so simple but here's my thing I, writing doesn't have to be very fancy very elevated I think as long as it has a strong message and it's got the author has a mastery over the story you know, you're not letting the writing take over the story. You're letting the story mm-hmm. take over, right? And I think that's kind of what you like really nailed down in this. The story is really good. And it's just, it's my favorite kinds of books here were the ones that are very readable, very accessible. And you can kind of understand the story and feel the story instead of like trying to sit there and trying to figure out the language, right? Like when the language just starts getting yeah. in the way and you're like, what, what am I even reading? Like, what was this sentence? Yeah. And going back and rereading it. I think that's what mm-hmm. a lot of people struggle with because they reread yeah, this sentence. They're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's better to just read books that you think sound interesting. So those three are the books I would recommend, but there's just so many. It's hard for me to nail it down. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. You know, when you read as much as I do. It's like it's like me asking you what are your favorite three songs, right? Like it's, you <laughs> probably have favorite songs, but yeah, then that, you're like, wait, yeah. did I forget one? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for, you know, if you want to kind of, maybe mix up your reading list a little bit and just try different uh, genres of books and just explore different cultures. Definitely stop by my channel. I mean, not my channel, my uh, Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I thought I was a YouTuber right now. Stop by my Instagram Are you thinking page. about it? it? You could definitely do it. You know, like oh video, God, no. Video not with views. the toddler. Not with the <laughs> laptop obsessed toddler. No way. Um, but yeah, you can stop by my Instagram page. It's Robert Bride Reads. And yeah, it's like lots of mini reviews of really great books. Um, and I do want to mention that I do not post books that I did not enjoy because that's not what that page is for. It's not a journey of my reading. It's the books that I think, for whatever reason, are good reads. And you'll see why in the mini reviews. So stop by. Great. Fantastic. Well, thank you for your time. I do appreciate it. You've, you've taught me a lot because, again, I'm not a reader. So, you know, I came across your page and I was like, whoa, this is really interesting. Because, again, I've never come across, I've, I've seen so many book pages, but none yeah. that focus on one kind of type of author, I guess, um, and stuff. But, yeah, I love the, the, I love the range, uh, which is really, really good. So, yeah, everyone 
check her out. Her stuff is amazing. So yes. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and it's been thank a pleasure. You. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, so as of today's recording, my last uh, post on my page is actually about Mariah Carey's book, which is really good, by the way. Again, I think you'd like it, um, Abby. So I picked Fantasy by Mariah Carey. It's just one of my favorite songs. It's such a feel-good song. It's just, I mean, I don't listen to music when I read, but it's, I could listen to that and read. You know what I mean? So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That's my, what is it? Today? it's a two of the day but yeah two today it works as well it's like people just say it's a sound and i'm like yeah basically i'm just trying to be cool but there you go thanks again for listening if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to like comment share and subscribe to catch all the latest from me you can follow me on instagram at the brown and bougie podcast thanks again and i'll see you next time